Hello, Jillian. Hello. So this is the People album, and you're our first guest, which is so exciting. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. So would you just like to introduce yourself in any way? Sure. Um, Hello, I'm Jillian. Um, I'm a rising senior. I don't really know what other introduction you need. Um, I'll guess, I guess you'll learn more about me in this podcast. So yeah, you get to Bronx science. Yeah. I think it's dangerous to reveal all the, all the information on yourself on the internet, but yes. Okay. Well, we both go to Bronx science. So just for a little context about our history, we've known each other since like second grade. Yeah, right. I think first, but you think second, so. Okay, well, first grade, we'll take Jillian's word for it, I guess. Yeah. Second grade, um, and then we went to the same middle school, and then now we go to the same high school, and we're, we both, like, made, made it three quarters of the way through. Woo! Of high school. <laughs> yeah. So... I just wanted to ask you a really general question. I think I've asked you this before, but I I just want to see what you'll say now. So how would you describe yourself? You asked me this question like a month ago, probably. Um, Well, myself right now, probably very tired because I have a lot of stuff to do this summer. Um, Had a lot of plans. Probably didn't have enough time to carry them all out, but I'm still working on it. I still am an introvert, so um, if you were wondering, last time Keynes asked me this question, I said I was an introvert, um, more of like myself person rather than a people person. Um, I still definitely agree with that. Although I am becoming more of a people person, I feel like I've been talking to a lot more people now than I have ever before, so yeah. I'm interested in that. So you said that you're talking to more people than ever before. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so basically I teach like middle schoolers to code and stuff like that, young kids to code. And that just basically involves a lot of interaction um, with like the people I work with that are kind of the same age as me, as well as like people way younger. So like in middle school and it's interesting um definitely had to learn to make small talk with people still not the best at it but um working on it finding interesting stuff to say about my day when people ask me how it is takes a lot of work but I'm getting better I think it's interesting that you talk to people your age and you talk to people who are a little bit younger than you so how do those two situations compare um well okay personally I think it's a lot easier to talk with people who are younger with you just because they're generally more interested and they have like more to say and more to respond and also people who are younger don't really seem as busy just because they're not like involved in so many things and they're kind of just like they just want to code and that's like their one sole interest but when talking to people like in my grade and stuff like that they have like thousands of interests and it's kind of hard to pick a point that you're interested in uh, so yeah, I'd say it's easier to talk to middle schoolers. Uh, it's probably more fun of the conversation just because they're younger, but yeah. What is an interaction with any of these people this summer, or maybe you could even like draw back to like um, your childhood, but is an interaction that has really stood out to you and do you think has changed you? Um, I can't really think of one at the moment. Um, oh, one thing. So I went on a trip and I had a a ticket for free ice cream. I had an extra ticket and I gave it to a little kid. And I like rarely do that just because I never get free ice cream tickets. But also I'm normally like kind of shy to walk up to people, but I did it this time. I'm not sure if he used it or not, but. Yeah, he was like a really little kid. So yeah, I wanted him to have free ice cream. 
That is so kind of you. Thank really you. Humanitarian. Um, I'm also interested in what's most important to you at this moment? At this moment, around this time? Um, probably just kind of weird and dumb, but just relaxing, kind of just being able to balance everything that's happening in my life. Because during this whole year, I kind of just like pushed forward and just did a thousand things. And I'm kind of like burnt out and tired. Um, like last week, my brain was totally dead and I couldn't do anything. Um, that's fun. I've never had that happen to me like a lot before, but it did. So yeah. And then some more trivial stuff, obviously college is coming up. So that's important, but it's not crazy important you know like there's other stuff in life but yeah that's probably the most consuming thing on my mind interesting so you said relaxing so what is like even like a sliver of relaxation you've had in the past year the past month can you describe that experience oh um well, comedy shows are always great. <laughs> um, after the APs, I did not think I did well on them. So I just kind of watched a lot of TV. Um, just to, like relax myself. And it was also the end of the year. So that was good. Um, I also took a trip like last week um, to Washington State. Kind of relaxed. I didn't have any data. So I was away from my phone. And that was kind of nice and relaxing. I'm kind of just not thinking of stuff, but also like a main part of relaxing kind of just like improving your schedule. So my work schedule is kind of weird. I just work when I want to, which ends up me being me working at like 11 p.m. at night and just grinding things out, which is kind of unhealthy. So yeah, I'm kind of trying to fix that and work earlier in the morning than usual. Yeah. So what do you think will be important to you in a month? Um, well, college is probably going to shoot up there sometime soon when it all hits me um, in a month. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe just staying safe from COVID because we're going to go back to school and there's going to be like 5,000 people in one building. It's going to be pretty crowded. So, yeah. 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 So I think... A lot of seniors in our place can relate to that. Definitely. Yeah, I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be super interesting, like how the crossover of COVID or the Delta variant and um, and like applying to college and the obvious stresses of that are going to work in this like one building in the same classes together. Just really interested. Maybe not interested. Like I would like to see it from afar, <laughs> not be involved in it. But like seeing those two stresses collide. And then obviously people have other stresses in their lives, like some more heavy than others. I just want to see how all of that interacts together. That will be like, if frog science weren't a pressure cooker already, like, it's going to be explosive. Hopefully not. Yeah. What do you um, Just because, like, I've noticed, so last year, if you guys know, we didn't really have that many tests in frog science. And I didn't think that was helpful for me just because I didn't really learn much until I had to study for, like, finals and APs until the end. It was actually a lot less stressful and I had a lot more time to do other things, but maybe tests are good, tests are bad. I feel like a moderate amount is good. Um, maybe we'll reach that balance next year. Um, I'm not excited for the start of school just because I don't really want that stress all over again, but I am excited to go back to like extracurriculars and stuff um, like robotics. I do want to go back to that. It's fun. Um, I do want to go to my first competition which I haven't done and I've been on the team for like coming to three years now next year so yeah since we're on the topic of school I'm I want to 
see some of your thoughts on that. You were talking about tests, and I know a really big part of like senior year, junior year, and a really big topic of discussion right now is test scores, like that SAT and ACT, and like how some colleges are going test blind, test optional. And we've definitely seen like a rise of applications to elite colleges because people, because they're going test optional. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts on that were on the SAT and ACT and like SAT subject tests and all of that, even like AP tests. Okay, so the test optional stuff. When I first took was going to take the SAT, it did take a lot of pressure off just because it like it kind of showed that it wasn't the end all be all. And I was pretty not pretty sure, but I I did have a feeling that most schools would be going test optional this year. So when I went to take the SAT, I kind of just like took it to try as best as I could, but I wouldn't like stress so hard if I didn't really make it. Um, I'm not sure how it worked in my favor. Um, maybe I could have done better if I knew it was task required, just because I think I maybe would have like pushed a lot harder, but I still think it worked out essentially. Um, the AP test was a little crazy. I think the curve was really big this year, though, just because we couldn't go back on our questions, like you couldn't check your answers, stuff like that. So um, maybe a lot of people were prone to careless errors, which I am a lot. Um, I'm a huge like test checker. So whenever I finish my test, I find like thousands of errors when I check it again. Um, so, yeah, I have to be a lot more careful with my APs. Um, the SATs were stressful, but I don't think my experience was as stressful as everyone else's just because I, I had a feeling it was going to be only test optional. And also my test got canceled so many times. I kind of just like it already sunk in and I had to take the SAT and I had to study for it and everything by the time it actually came. So yeah, some stuff worked in my favor, um, but yeah. How essential do you think all of the t these tests are? Okay. I don't think it's really that essential, to be honest. The AP exam is kind of just like one test that determines like whether you pass or fail. I feel like that's not great. Um, a great measure. I know colleges don't really, I've heard, okay, that they don't really take that into account much, but I'm really not sure. Um, because like, what if you're sick on the one day that you have to take the AP test? I feel like that sometimes can mess a lot of things up and maybe people are just not huge test takers and they just like it's hard for them to sit down and study like for me when I study for AP tests I normally take the whole day to study and I kind of just like sit down and I memorize pages and I analyze all my like class notes and I kind of group them all together and find an easy way to memorize things and I'm like my brain is kind of used to those huge like memorization stuff so it makes it a little easier to study but I know there's a lot of people who aren't like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's difficult to just say that one test determines your whole thing. And also the SAT only tests like algebra, math, and like reading comprehension. I don't know. I'm not, I kind of want to go into like programming and STEM stuff. So I don't know, maybe like testing bigger things or no test at all would be good. Um, I am glad that they got rid of the subject test, though, because it's less I have to stress for, I feel like, and kind of gives everyone an even ground. So, like, I don't have to pay for all of these extra subject tests just to prove something. Um, yeah, I was going to say one more thing, but I think I forgot about it. I just wanted to present another argument, um, how... Like, I know like a lot of students around us would like to see the SAT abolished, the ACT abolished. Um, like, I feel like I definitely want that just because it's, like, it just stresses me out a lot. But like, there are also some students who live in a very rural area and don't have a lot of access to a lot of um, extracurriculars to participate in or a lot of um, like AP um, tests, AP classes that they can go to, but studying for the SAT and getting like a 1560 on it 
could show some elite colleges that um, they are capable of going to this to this institution and taking classes there where like at elite colleges, um, these students can be afforded a lot more opportunities and a lot more opportunity for growth in the real world. So I feel like it's kind of a messy situation. There are like people like us, like we have a lot of access to um, all these AP um, AP classes, a lot of extracurriculars that we can participate in. So like, how does that anecdote affect like your opinion on the SAT? Yeah. Um, on the abolish the SAT, I've been thinking a lot about that and I can't come up with a resolution just because I know everyone has a different situation. It's like, I guess the bigger thing for me would be like putting less pressure which I think there is like going on less pressure. I think there is increasing, like people are increasingly kind of not really focusing too much on the SAT and thinking about other stuff, um, which I think maybe goes better. Cause like, obviously there's not one part of your application that everyone focuses on. So yeah, I think it's important to kind of know that like, there's more to you than a number grade or an SAT grade. Like, yeah, you can take it as many times as you want, but like so- sometimes people are just not great test takers. And I feel like there should just be less pressure on that. And then they should focus on stuff that they really enjoy doing that they can actually like prove themselves through. Yeah, I feel like um, just like hearing so many opinions, so many various opinions on the SAT has made me like rethink the entire thing. Like, why are we focusing so much on the SAT when we should be questioning like the college admission system as a whole? And just like how strange it is. I know like a lot of colleges want to defend themselves and say that like, oh yeah, um, we, we double check like every application. Like it's a very thorough thing, very holistic. And of course, like no, no one wants to be that admissions officer who accidentally reveals um, something damaging to their college. And I just think, like, it just goes back to like issue, like systemic issues in society. Like, who can afford education? Who can afford this? Who can afford that? I just think it's and focusing on. Like, for example, the SHSAT and focusing on the SAT, focusing on elite institutions kind of takes away from, like, starting to help students earlier. Like, starting to help students in first grade, in kindergarten, because that's, like, a fundamental moment in someone's life. Yes, Julian? Yeah, Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I was going to bring up the SHSAT. Um, talking about it just because I know you went through this with me but we spent years studying for that one exam and it was like it it was like everyone was telling me that it was like the end all be all like once you get into the school that's it your life is set but that's so dumb that like one single test and you can't even retake this it's kind of just like that one test determines where you go to high school but like in Bronx science, everyone there is smart. Like, it doesn't matter what grade you got. In every school, there's you're always going to be smart. Like, I don't think it's, it's, I think it's weird to kind of group people in one school and, like, pack everyone in based on a number grade. I don't know. I feel like that's messed up, but I don't know. Yeah, it's very tiring to do, just discuss all of this because it just feels so much bigger, like massive compared to us. Uh, I just think, like, it's just so weird. Just to like give some context, we we went to the same prep after school, and like, not to like mention names, but we'll call this person like. John. John was not. John told us he was our math teacher for a long time and he told us that we need this. 
this is what you need. You need to get this score. One or two only. Sigh or rock science. That's it. Like, Brooklyn Tech, you're a failure, which is obviously not true. And I feel yeah. like um, I was thinking a lot about these specialized prep schools. There are a lot of, like, in our area, or a lot of, like, Asian-specific ones. Like, there are some Korean institutions and Chinese institutions. And, and it just feels, like, very, like, Asian, you know? At least, like, it, what I've been surrounded by, which is, like, obviously colored by, like, who I am and who my family is. And, like, there are also just, like, a lot of Asian people attending our school. Yeah, Jillian Chong raised hand. Okay, I mean, speaking in the defense of that after school, a lot of the stuff that I learned there, I apply now. Like, a lot of the math tips and stuff like that, it was really helpful. If there wasn't so much pressure to, like, get the certain number score, like, that place would have been amazing for me, at least. I know your experience is different. I know everyone's experience is different. But I learned a lot of math from that school, and that kind of really helped me. Um, Same thing with English. Like, I didn't go to a prep place for SAT just because I didn't want to have to pay thousands of dollars to, like, read books and learn math. So... Yeah, I refused to go to another prep place when I studied for SAT, but a lot of the stuff that I learned when I studied for my SHSAT, I kind of just applied there, and it worked, Um, but that place was really expensive, and if you really didn't have the means, then you wouldn't be able to afford to go there, which I think is kind of messed up. Um, Yeah, I also just wanted to mention how expensive that was. It was, like, almost, like, $3,000 per semester, and there were three semesters, like, fall, spring right? It was three semesters. There were two and then summer school too. Yeah, so like fall, fall, spring, and then summertime. And like some some people only went to two, but that's still a lot of money. And then some people went to three, which is like around like $8,000, $9,000 per year. And maybe if it's a sibling, that's a little bit, it's like around two times that amount. I just think, why, why do people, why do, why is this necessary? Like, I feel like the United States is so obsessed with meritocracy that we need to have these specialized programs for people who can afford it. And I think that's annoying. So do you want to move on? Yeah. Well, I just want to say when I first went to that place, my mom didn't actually know it was like a prep school or whatever. She just like didn't have a place to put me in and she needed to go to work. So we just went there, but I met Cadence and a lot of my friends through that. So it was a fun experience still. I feel like it's also just like the place that we went to, which is a very Chinese place, like almost everyone yeah. there was Chinese. And I actually, my mom learned about um, the place from Amanda and a fellow Chinese person. And yeah, it's just like, word of mouth like this place doesn't even do that much advertising I know like some prep schools definitely do go hard with their advertising but like this place did not need it and it was doing pretty fine when we went there and they're definitely um bagging on like just a list of people who are attending these top high schools I just think that entire system just fascinates me so much okay um let's move on to something else so you said that you were in robotics and I know that you also do some cancer cell research I think (laughs) yeah so so I just wanted to know the role of science math stem in your life um okay So I feel like I'm a very logical person. Like everything I do needs to have steps to it. And it kind of just all needs to work out in the end to this nice box with a bow on it. And that kind of relates to STEM, just like math, doing math is very satisfying to me. It kind of works out. I love geometry proofs. That is the opinion that everyone hates, but I love geometry proof just because it works out so perfectly. And it kind of just matches. And I feel like doing STEM is not, really like horrible for me 
like sometimes like reading when we have to read this long long book it's kind of like painful and I just have to get through it like social studies sometimes it's just like reading the textbook makes me really tired and stressed out but with STEM it's kind of just like not a bad stress like coding and reading about all these different research papers and all this different science stuff it's kind of just so fascinating and it gets me like really interested in a lot of different topics that I never thought I'd be interested in um, I'm coming around to earth science, which I never thought I'd be doing. So yeah, I think, I don't know, STEM is like, I don't know, it gives me a passion and something to be interested in. Um, that's like educational and useful and stuff like that. Talk a lot about logic and rationality. Can you kind of take us through your brain for the people who may not understand these? Like, take us like what goes through your brain when you're doing a geometry group for like um, coding? And like, how does rationality like play? What's its role? Okay, so I'm a huge like overthinker. So everything I do, I need to think about like all the consequences, like what could go wrong and then the outcome that I desire. So I kind of think about that. Um, when I code, that's kind of applicable. I kind of think about like what I want to make and my end goal. Let's say it's like doing some math problem and printing out the result. I kind of think about what I want and then I kind of just like go through all the steps I need to code it. It's like syntax, which is basically like uh, what words need to be there, where, and like what characters need to be written in order for this code to run, stuff like that. Um, proofs are kind of the same thing. Proofs is essentially just listing out all the steps to get to one desired outcome, which I kind of like. That's like how I think. Um, and how I work. So when you're talking about this one desired outcome, one desired outcome, how do you think the role of the outside world plays into your desire for this one desired outcome? Um, like how does the world affect my result or affect what I want to happen? Affect your desire for what you call this one desired outcome. I'm confused. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't get the question. Okay, you said that with logic, with STEM, you can ultimately reach this one desired outcome something that's very plain and simple, very matter of fact. So how do you think, like definitely the world has been very chaotic. How do you think the outside world and the world has also been very stressful. How do you think this one desired outcome like relates to everything else? Um, well, the stuff I do, doesn't usually relate to the whole world in general. Sometimes like the stuff I want to do relates to the whole world. Like my, I could call it cancer research, but I don't really think I'm that far in yet. My research is kind of just like based on trying to help people with cancer. Um, even if it's like a cancer that affects like one in a million people, I still kind of want to help them and find ways for their treatment to work. Cause that's kind of like a big, Thing right now and a lot of the world is trying to focus on that and I kind of want to help in the efforts but sometimes when I code it's just like what I want to do for fun like if I want to make something cool I'll just code it and that's like for view my viewing pleasure maybe I share it with a couple of other friends who are interested in coding um yeah kind of just like my achievements um but it doesn't necessarily relate to the whole world it's kind of just like what I find to do that's fun Okay, interesting. Yeah, I probably didn't answer that question right. But. So I think, no, no, nothing is wrong. <laughs> nothing is wrong here. And I know that we're pretty different individuals. Complete I opposite. Say, I wouldn't say the complete opposite, but like, we still go to the same school and we grew up with similar backgrounds. Julian was always above me, but that's, that's a different that's not true. situation. And this is... It's also a metaphor if you want to read into it. Um, and I definitely enjoy reading. I pulled you into my um, poetry club like, this year. And 
I just wanted to know what is the role of art in your life and how does that relate to other things that you love? What do you love? Does anguish and reading also count as art? Yeah, I would say literature, books, that counts as art, definitely. Okay, so, well, the obvious kind of art is kind of like music, um, visual art, like photography, stuff like that. Um, music definitely helps me be less stressed. I kind of listen to it as background. Sometimes it helps me be more productive. Um, photography is just nice to look at when I'm bored. It's nice to take on and kind of just take pictures of random things and try to make it look cool. Um, in terms of literature, I used to, well, I used to, but I still do like reading. I do it less now just because I have so much other stuff going on. But when I was younger, I used to read a lot. Um, I found that sometimes when I find a, a really good book, it kind of makes me unproductive because all I want to do is just finish the book. That's why I try to stay working and productive rather than read the book. Um, I don't read like I try to read fancy literature like Cadence does, but it doesn't always capture my attention. Yes, you read fancy literature. Um, but yeah, I mean, the poetry club, honestly, not what I expected. Well, kind of is what I expected. I learned a lot more than I thought I would. And now like poetry is kind of just like, there's no right or wrong when you're interpreting, even though I still partially think that there is. Um, I normally probably say really stupid stuff in like the poetry club, but I kind of just like say what I think the poem is about, which is interesting. I've read a lot of authors and poets that I never even knew existed. Once again, no stupid answer. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of like genres and styles that I didn't even think existed. Um, it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of applications of poetry and music and music and poetry. So yeah, that was interesting talk about what is who is someone who stood out to you which poet really spoke to you I know like we're probably going to visit a lot more which I hope that you'll find a stronger connection to but who's someone we've explored so far there's only a few that, I'm sorry there's only a few that I actually remember so I remember William Wordsworth just because his name is very familiar and he was kind of like was it like romanticism or something like that? And talked about clouds and stuff like that. That was a big one I remember. Um, I also remember this guy. I think his name was Billy or something. <laughs> he had like really kind of easy to read poetry. Um, and then the latest one that we read was like Ocean Vong. I don't know how to say his name. But his poetry is like kind of surprising because it's more of a book than a poem. Um, which oh, yeah, is cool. Oh yeah, we read Unearthed or Briefly Gorgeous. I love that book. I'm not even done with the book. Like I'm just so scared to finish it because I don't want it to be over. I know I can reread it, but I I do love that book. Ocean Bond. Um, I think that was supposed to be a book. It was an epistolary novel, a letter from a son to a mother who cannot read the book. Um, so what... You're, you're speaking about like who, you're speaking about these people in general. So how did you feel when you were reading them? Who stood out to you? Where did you find a connection? Um, by connection, I'm just gonna take this to assume where did you find meaning and understanding, which is probably in like poems that weren't as kind of cryptic as, I normally read like there are a lot of simple um not simple poets but like their words were understandable and kind of their surface level meaning was understandable um so I kind of connected um in quotes connected with them just because I kind of understood their meaning and kind of tried to put myself in their shoes and understand what it was they're trying to write um, I really liked Ocean Vong I didn't finish reading it either but I liked what he talked about because um, there were a lot of like historical applications of it, which is really interesting. Um, historical fiction is pretty cool to read. So that was definitely a topic I was kind of interested in. Um, yeah. 
Interesting. Interesting. Um, sort of similar to art, maybe not. What is the role of, I know you love biology, I think, or like it, something like that. You would agree? Yep. So what is the role of nature in your life? Well, I kind of go on hiking trips a decent amount and bike, kind of try to be outside, but not really outside. Um, I like taking photography, photos of nature, um, especially like cliched sunsets, but also I really like being at nighttime where you can actually see the stars. I think that looks so cool. Um, Yeah, nature is like the one thing that's actually literally taking my breath away when I see it. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I can say. Um, yeah, for biology, in terms of biology, I'm more interested in like the cells and what's happening inside your body than more of what's happening in nature. Um, I said at the beginning of this podcast that I was getting more into earth science, but that doesn't mean I'm like completely loving it. Um, yeah, but I think it's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like in terms of animals marine biology is pretty cool too so i'm going to reference a question that was asked before what do you where do you see your life in six months what do you think will be important to you um well honestly i feel like six months is not really that far away but important in six six months it'll be what in february my math right um well it'll be my birthday I'm turning 18 so that's gonna be pretty insane um six months I think I'd probably be waiting for college applications which is kind of scary um maybe trying to get my driver's license which I don't want to do I'm procrastinating on that um six months I don't think that much is happening in six months I'll be a senior which I won't be too sad about actually, because I think my time in high school has been completed full circle. I think don't really have much else left that I want to do there. Um, yeah, I'd probably be excited for college no matter where I'm going, just because I want to experience being in like huge lecture halls and kind of like learning really cool stuff that like more specializes towards what I want to do. Um, just doing bigger code projects um, stuff like that, meeting, meeting people who are kind of interested in the same things I am, yeah, I don't think six months is that far away, though, I would recommend pushing that back if you were to ask that to someone else. What do you think will be important to you? Um, well, hopefully COVID will be gone, I don't know, just hanging out with my friends, stuff like that, because we're probably going to be leaving um soon I don't know I don't really think about those questions much what about a year um a year okay um I don't know I feel like it's all gonna be the same the usual friends family type stuff um yeah I don't know I don't really have I don't really set big dreams for myself because they're normally never met so I kind of just like go with the flow now and see what happens um that's probably what I'm going to be doing next year probably be in the same place here at my desk looking at my computer I'll probably be still on zoom meetings with friends instead of meeting up in person because it takes a lot of work to drive to someone's house um yeah what about a decade Oh, that's a long time. A decade. I will be 27 years old. Um, probably getting a job or in a job already since I'm going to be 27. Um, I don't know. I still think friends and family is going to be big. My big question is whether I will still be friends with Cadence or not, which I do not know. I feel like the thing that's mainly holding us together is school. But we normally have conversations that are not, not about school, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, now we yeah. have to leave school. <laughs> That's interesting to think about. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I think let's discuss, let's discuss you, like really discuss. Yes, yeah. let's move on to the interesting <laughs> topics. I'm joking. <laughs> let's discuss, like seriously, let's discuss you. Who or what do you love? Um, I love alone time. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a pretty depressing person. Um, I don't really have much going on in my life. Well, I do, but in terms of like what I want to do, I don't really have that much. Kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing right now. Um, love is big word. Um, probably friends and family. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what do you think is the meaning in life, in your life, in life in general? Um, oh, okay. This is a saucy question. Um, right now, I would say it's kind of just what I'm thinking about is like legacy. Because um, I had to write this on one of my like college brag sheets or whatever you call them. So I watched Hamilton and uh, my like guidance counselor asked me like, she asked me a question, I don't know what she said, but I included this Hamilton quote that said like, legacy is planting seeds in the garden that you'll never see, which I think was really interesting. Um, just cause the things you do, sometimes they don't really matter or you don't really think that they matter, but they kind of do. Um, and I've been really interested in kind of doing something bigger than myself, which is why I kind of joined the coding thing. Because um, I've always wanted to. Well, I think if I was introduced in coding in like eighth grade or seventh grade, I would have had so much fun with it. And I would have had like a lot bigger advantage um, doing what I do now. So I wish kind of wish I would have done that. Um, so that's why I kind of helped start a chapter in New York and bring that coding to my middle school so people who were in the same exact position as me who didn't know that they loved coding but just figured it out could kind of learn to code and I feel like that's something I'm helping to leave behind kind of like a big interest in computer science which is cool and also kind of nerdy but so cool no how do you think that you're boring or an interesting person? Um, I think I'm a very boring person. I don't really do that much in my life. I'm not the type to go out and party at 1 a.m. in the morning. I'm the type to go to bed at like 12 a.m. and do nothing. Because um, I'm not huge on like partying. I feel like it's kind of boring to me, as ironic as it sounds. I normally like out with like a small group of friends and playing games and stuff um funny fun fact or something funny I went to a sleepover and we were playing bananagrams just like a word game not what you would expect at a sleepover but it was still really fun um, went, to a sleepover? Hmm? went to a sleepover yeah a few weeks ago I think like a month ago actually a few weeks ago during covid yeah but we were all vaccinated the Delta variant is going to get us all. Hopefully not. We were safe. No one went out in a long time. Some people even had masks during the sleepover. Like <laughs> sleeping with a mask. Yeah. It was interesting, but it was fun. I'd seen friends I hadn't seen in like two years or a year. Yeah, but it was fun. Were you I didn't get any sleep that night because I couldn't sleep. It was really hot in there. <laughs> that was me last night thinking about my perspective failures I also teenagers yeah how do you perceive time time is a mystery I'm just kidding it's not really that much of a mystery I think it's actually interesting to think about the past and time travel like all the stuff about time travel is just so interesting and weird to talk about but I think time passes by very fast for me. A lot of time when I think it's slow in my in the back of my mind, I knew I know it's going by really fast. Like I wake up in the day and I make a list of all the stuff that I want to do and I end up not doing any of it because time just slips away. So 
yeah, I'm definitely more, I think I'm more aware of my time now. Because um, I had to like manage my own schedule. Just because during COVID, or last year at least, last school year, we kind of just had a lot of free periods because it was like asynchronous and synchronous. Like asynchronous was essentially a free period where you can kind of decide what you want to do with your time. Now it was like kind of a wake up call because I needed to better manage my time and figure out what I'm doing um, at 9 a.m. in the morning. Like, why am I not working? And why am I just sitting here staring out the window? So that was like a not a big shock, but it's just something I had to learn to manage. So I think I've gotten better over time at least over the past year. Talk about time management. You've talked about relaxation. You've talked about productivity and working. And I feel like mm-hmm. covering just so many topics. <laughs> I feel like that's a really big topic to talk about now. Like what does productivity mean for everyone? And I recently read this article in the New Yorker. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's like, why are knowledge workers quitting or why why are knowledge workers like spending less time at work and um the author reference I don't I don't remember the author either sorry about that but um the author references um Walden Pond or Walden by um Henry David Thoreau and I read this book um last year I think for school and in the author um, references this particular part about Thoreau's um, Walden, how he like kind of calculates how much it costs to like do the certain thing, build a certain thing, um, eat. And there's this question that is um, posed. I'm paraphrasing. Like, do we spend more do we um, take more of our time to work to make this amount of money so we can buy this thing? Or do we not, do we spend the time um, for ourselves not making any money at all and not being able to get this certain item? I genuinely don't remember what this item was. And, and this is why um, the author thinks that knowledge workers are cutting, downsizing on amount of time they're spending um at work because they like because of the pandemic they want to like really prioritize themselves and I feel like this pandemic has also made us question um labor made us question all of that so what do you think how have you questioned labor and how have you questioned productivity or have you not and what is your what are your thoughts on that um well I have definitely questioned it the main thing I have to say is like about balancing um just like how much work you do and um when you relax because a lot of time when you just grind out and do a lot of work you end up being less productive because you're just so burnt out that you can't do anything and this is something I've kind of faced not faced that's kind of dramatic but I've dealt with over the past year just because I went from like doing nothing but just going to school to just like having a lot of responsibilities and a lot of things to do um kind of forgot the question but yeah it's just taken a lot to be able to balance and sometimes I question like why am I doing this thing is it helpful to me is it helpful to other people like do I really love to do this and if I don't say anything like if I say no then obviously I have to find a way to make myself love it or find a different thing to do um, so far, I like everything I'm doing. I think it's pretty fun. It gives me a different experience, which which is interesting, um, and nice. And yes, my vo- voice is droning on. Um, yeah, because I don't have much to say anymore. <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating a lot of the same points. Interesting. Um, I I wanted to know. What is something, anything really that you've connected with lately? Any sort of connection you want? Um, connected with? I actually don't have an answer for this. I'm not one to form relationships with shows or music or anything like that. So I don't know. I can't really think of anything at the moment. I don't really think about that stuff. Your I family? kind of. 
Oh, wait, that's true. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess, but I feel like I connect with my family and my friends all the time. I feel like that's natural, at least for me. Well, if it's like, even if it's a common thing, is it still important? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I just don't normally talk about it. I don't know why. Just, yeah, I don't know. It feels pretty natural. Don't really have any comments on that, so. Okay. Okay, um, do you think you, you've grown as a person in any sense? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, I've definitely gotten better at speaking with people, like not strangers, but just public speaking in general. Um, yeah, I guess like being able to um, talk with people and like ask the right questions and just not stutter as much or just say um a lot, which I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> now I'm conscious of it and I can't stop. Um, yeah, and just like improving my interactions a lot of time when I talk to people, I just like get right into the question and just get down to business. But I think it's important to small talk with people and just get comfortable um, speaking with people, which is something I've had to learn a lot over the past year, which is actually, it's been a really helpful experience. What is an idea that you've just been super fascinated by? Did you get this off of the common app question? No. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> this is a college app question. I've been trying to think of like ideas for what's right for a long, long time. Um mm-hmm. topic I'm fascinated by. Well, not one pops up at the moment. There's normally a lot of stuff that I just go in circles around thinking. You were talking about legacy. Brain dead at the moment. Oh, legacy? Oh, you used to think about that a lot. Now it doesn't take up as much of my time. Um, is it because you think you are planting these seeds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I, in, in some way, I kind of feel like I'm not leaving a legacy behind, but I am teaching people, so I'm helping to leave a legacy behind. Obviously, it's not fulfilled, and it probably never will be, but yeah, it's not something I'm questioning at the moment. I feel like legacy is a very strange thing. And like you said before, legacy can be sincerely like anything like you drop a candy wrapper and then someone like makes a hit song about the candy wrapper or something like that and it's like wow that and maybe you don't even know about the song or know about like you dropping the candy wrapper and I just think like how connected the universe is like us humans nature animals everything so fascinating yeah, I think on that point, actually, I think it's just important to just do good. Like everything you do should be a positive impact. And if you don't have anything positive about someone to say, then just don't say it. I feel like that's a huge thing now. Just don't say it. I don't understand like why people always have to voice their negative opinions. Um, yeah. And just like simple things like holding the door open for someone matters a lot and just knowing their name in school. I feel like that matters a lot because you're actually people are recognizing you and it just like it makes more of an impact than people probably think it does um i also want we're talking about you're talking about a lot of values i want to know do you have any other values that you try to abide by and how do you think you're doing with them um well i'm trying to be like a lot more patient and understanding, I guess. Um, just because everyone's situation is different, but also I realize that you can't help everybody. It's kind of what they feel. Um, values. Um, can't really think of anything at the moment. My main thing is just like, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it. I don't understand what's so hard about that. Filters, everybody, people, we need filters. I I kind of know what you're saying, but I don't know. I know that's from the office, but I don't know like the specific scene. Wait, what? From the filters, office? everybody. We need filters. I don't know. That sounds like something 
Yeah. I've never heard that before. That's just oh, fun fact on comedy shows. Well, now I can predict the next line and the next action just because comedy shows are so predictable and I've watched so many of them. That's probably a really sad fact, but it's still fun. I've never heard that quote though. I don't know. That really sounds like something from The Office. I'm gonna write my own show. Yes, you should do it. Okay, now I can't find the quote online. That was just Jillian <laughs> in a comedy show. Thanks, you. Thanks. Uh, I just also, what was the last time you can recall where you were deliriously happy? Oh, I know. Um, probably when like a parent emailed us and they were like, oh my gosh, this program is so amazing. And it was kind of just like being able, being like our efforts being recognized because we have like a team, we had a team of like five people and we've been working on that, like this chapter, this coding teaching thing for many, many hours, probably like it was consuming all of my time and just being just having parents like come up to us and say like, is there another session of this? Or like, this really helped my kid and now he's totally interested in computer science or she, um, that was that was pretty happy just because our efforts are being recognized and we had like physical evidence that people were learning about computer science and gaining a bigger interest in it. Um, I kind of just love sharing my passions with people who are actually interested in sharing them. Um, yeah, and that was just nice to hear and read. And lastly, our wonderful last questions, I wanted to know, what is something you have in common with someone you believe is radically different from you? Anyone you know personally? Um, okay, you are radically different. We disagree on almost everything. Um, something we agree on won't have anything to do with music, but it's probably like a belief, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like sometimes we do agree on a lot of things. We just never point it out. We normally point out the stuff we disagree on. The petty stuff. Which is a lot. Yeah, we disagree on pretty much everything. But I feel like the really, stuff that are important. Something really big. Yeah, like important think, stuff. What's the um, important stuff? <laughs> like how broad science is. I'm not gonna say no, I, think we, I think sometimes we disagree on education. I mean, I had a good experience at the after school, but you didn't. Um, I would say probably COVID. Maybe we agree on COVID, that it's bad and people need to get vaccinated. Yeah. Get their shots, people. Obviously, like, a worldwide pandemic is bad, but, like, you can't really do anything about that. Calling it bad is not really, like, everyone knows, like, disease is bad. Well, don't some really people think that. COVID is fake, so. That, that, that's like a really, that's a minority of people. They're just super loud for no reason. There's True. a reason, but I think, like, COVID has just opened a lot of eyes, especially politically, which I think is interesting. And, like, this, it just obviously it would be so influential and in um in the social science here it's just going to be so interesting how this disease how quarantine how so many different factors are going to affect people and like how are people going to come out of their homes like this for the people who were um able to stay at home yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I agree. how? What is a message that you would want projected to the world? Hmm. Okay. Um. Something simple, I would say, is I don't know. Just pay it forward. Open the door for the people behind you. Uh, you see someone walking on crutches, open the door for them, help them out. They're struggling, even though they probably don't show it, they're struggling. So 
I don't know, just be nice to people. Um, be courteous. Be a good Gryffindor. What I would say as a Harry Potter fan. Um, yeah, maybe if I come on this podcast again, I'll say something more complicated and bigger. But yeah. Does it always have to be big, though? No, it doesn't. But I feel like I have a bigger message in mind than what I just said. I just can't think of anything at the moment. Yeah, I just want to say, if you're watching, comment or say something so you know we're, we're, you're here and you're listening. That's interesting. I feel like getting recognition for your efforts is pretty cool, too. Okay. So that concludes the end of the episode. Um, Jillian, any last words, parting words, anything? You can say anything. Yes. Apologies that this podcast was kind of a bore. My voice is dying um, and I need to drink water, but hopefully you enjoyed. Um, I actually had a lot of fun, more fun than I thought I would on this podcast because it's kind of just me rambling about my thoughts, but I don't have any at the moment because I'm brain dead. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. See you for the next person. Bye. Bye. Wait, I'm I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> okay. Yeah.